This is Life Change Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for giving us your ears while you mow the lawn, kayak, do the dishes, or sit with the knitting circle. Watch us on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 9.30 or subscribe to the weekly podcast at mylifechangechurch.tv. This is Pastor Ron Rands. Thank you again for joining with us today. And uh, I have a, a message I believe that the Holy Spirit is really going to help and assist you in these times and in probably times of the future too. I titled this message, Doing the Right Thing in Unsure Times. How do we do the right thing in unsure scenarios? And in Romans 15, um, it says, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right, build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself, As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things are written in the scripture long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. I'm going to um, begin to expose in, um, this passage and try to bring uh, some more understanding of the time in which this was written. And, and probably uh, most of us don't really understand that Romans, Romans was a, a book written uh, by the Apostle Paul. And it, uh, it is one of the most extensive passages or directives to the church. And, you know, maybe we don't really look at that uh, and say what was God's intention of it. But I think we should. And we'll get to that in just another minute. And then the other thing I'm going to do is go right back to the book of Genesis, which means the book of beginnings. And maybe you're new to the faith. Maybe um, when you, you're turning to this uh, message and somebody's invited you to this message. And um, hopefully we can uh, bring some understanding of who God is. And, you know, times like this, many people, um, through their fear, through their misunderstandings, they, they find themselves doing a lot of blaming and even to the point of blaming God. And I find sometimes people blame God or blame things because they don't understand. It's things that they don't grab hold of. And in fact, um, one of the first passages that came to help me understand who the kingdom of God is, was my people, we, God's people perish because they lack knowledge. Bad things really even happen many times to godly people because they lack the understanding of who God is or the kingdom of God is in their life. And in Genesis chapter 4, um, we have this picture of Cain and Abel. They're the first uh, two um, children born into this world. Adam and Eve were created, and they're the, the children. And I've heard some people say that they were twins. I'm not sure if they were twins. Um, or not, but um, one thing is for sure uh, that they had a different picture of what they were, their task at hand on this earth. And isn't that amazing? If we look on, on this earth, we're, we're, we all have different gifts. And it just proves how great our God is being the creator. You know, he can put people on the face of the earth, and I have um, some twins, uh, grandchildren in my life that are, they look a, a lot alike, but they are so differently gifted. 
And so even on the outside, we may have similarities, but on the inside, God has put unique things inside of us, motivations, desires on the inside of us to fulfill his plan. Well, through that, Cain, we, we find, is that uh, he was a person that was of the, of the land, of the soil. And then Abel was the one who raised the flocks. And um, what we have to uh, recognize in this passage is a little bit, um, so before we read it, a little bit of history. In Cain and Abel, obviously mom and dad are Adam and Eve. And it's important that we, just through a few chapters in the Bible, understand some pictures of Adam and Eve. First thing we will recognize is that Adam and Eve had this tremendous intimate relationship with God. One that you and I, um, God wants us to have. In fact, the whole point of Jesus coming on the face of the earth is that we could have that type of relationship as the one that Adam had that was so intimate with the Lord. And, um, but through sin, which means sin is this thing that, you know, sometimes it's not ever talked about other than maybe a church circle. Sin is just this. I'm going to do things my way and not God's way. That's all sin really is, is doing things my way and not God's way, which means the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, has a plan, to, and God is the creator of the universe. He has a system, he has a way, and he wants us to function in that system in a way which, which brings blessing upon our life. But we have this human nature inside of us going, I, I, you know, I, I, I hear it, but I still want to do things my own way. Well, that's what sin nature is. I'm going to do it my way. And Adam and Eve, what happened was, is that there was one test in life, and there's this tree that they were not to take. They had all these other trees to take, and, and they choose to, uh, because of deception, they choose to say, look, I, I want to do my way. I'm going to take that tree, even though God said I'm not supposed to. So now we pick up on the story about, uh, you know, with Cain and Abel. They're the sons, and they know this story. They know that, that there's a, uh, and I'm sure they've even seen the guardian angel that's guarding the garden where they can no longer go. And God had put a, a, in literally a, a guardian angel and saying they cannot pass this point. I'm sure that Adam and Eve had ever even taken Cain and Abel to that very spot. I'm sure that the, the story times of what it used to be like times of old when God would come in every single day and speak to Adam and Eve. Now, you know, we, we know that sin brought distance to God, but it didn't bring so much distance that God wasn't still speaking. Because as we're going to read in just a moment, we hear that God spoke to Cain. In fact, let's pick up verse, chapter 4, Genesis 4, verse 1. Now Abel kept flocks. Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry. I think some of the same feelings that Adam and Eve had of unrest and insecurity, just unsurety, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, oh, this is an important factor that God's speaking still. He's speaking today. Why are you so angry? Why is your face so downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do, what is, if you do not do what is right, sin means, means sin is crouching at your door, which means, Cain, you're going to take things in your own hands and the wrong things are about to play out. It desires to have you, but you must master it. 
Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Now, again, you, you, maybe this is the first time you've heard this, this particular story, this history. Um, and, it, and you're saying, Pastor, how in the world can you even bring that into um, this scenario of unsurety? Because what happened was, is that Cain was responding because things were insecure and unsure in his time. This is a moment where he was using his gifts, yet God still had a, a direction, a, a still a pathway to say, look, you need to probably barter with your brother Abel and take a offering and then offer that live animal as a sacrifice. And that was the, a form of worship, not today, but in that day, that was a place of worship to God. And what God had even shown this pathway to Adam and Eve, because Adam and Eve, through sin, through doing things their own way, God actually had to, went over there and killed one of his own creative um, being, creative um, uh, animals. We don't know what it was. I'm, I'm probably thinking it was a lamb. And then let Adam and Eve wear the garment of that killing. Which means this is that um, God was showing us a picture all the way back 4,000 years before of the cross. He was showing us a picture that, you know what, there's always consequences to scenarios in life and, and, and decisions. And that if, you know, if Adam and Eve, what they did was they ran from God during their, their disobedience instead of running to God. And, you know, today I see so many people um, running away or their thoughts are running away from them. Maybe you're not physically running away, but your thoughts are running away. Or, or maybe you're not physically running away, but, you're, you know, you're, you're, the fear inside is running away. And, you know, and, and what I love about it is that God, even in the midst of this unsure time, Adam and Eve are hiding from God and God still searches them out. If you will, will find yourself and if you could settle yourself down, God is searching you out. He loves you. His love knows no bounds. And he has a pathway into your heart. And here we have this next generation, Cain and Abel. And even after, even after Cain kills Abel, God searches Cain out. Cain, God still speaks to Cain. And we're not going to take time to go into that moment, but what I'm trying to share with you is, is this, that God is, is right now, his kingdom is still here. His kingdom come. His will is longing to be performed. And so I want to help you with some scenarios, no matter where you are in your walk with God. Maybe you have no understanding of having a relationship with God. In a few moments, we're going to get there to help you with that. Or maybe you do have a current walk with God and that God wants you to, to press in and even further have a deeper, stronger relationship with God. Here's some, here's some statements or here's some thoughts that we have of those who are strong in the Lord. You're a child of God. You're an heir to God's promises. You're seated in heavenly places with Him. You're sheltered by the Almighty Greater is God on the inside of you than the circumstances around you. Count it all joy when we go through these trials because of what it all produces. And I, I see some people that have this kind of faith 
and yet all of a sudden begin to become insensitive to people that don't. You know, the Bible says very clearly that it says once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, that you have been given a measure of faith. It doesn't say that, you, that everything is going to work out perfectly. It doesn't say that all things are going to come underneath your feet and you're going to walk in victory. What it says is you have a measure of faith that you can turn to God and that God and you can work things out. And you can begin to have a, a relationship, an ongoing relationship, and that you can get stronger in the Lord and in that journey. And so I want to turn, if I could, to Romans chapter 15 again where it talks about this being sensitive, for you who are strong in the Lord to be sensitive. Sensitive to what? To sensitive to those who aren't quite as strong, or, or maybe we could say that maybe aren't quite as sure or confident in their walk right now. And I think it, being sensitive, in fact, um, if there's an area in my life that I've, you know, some years ago that I've really begun to press into was sensitivity. Man, am I, I'm so glad that I did because today I, I find it a huge measure of that I need to operate in is being sensitive. So in Romans 15, you know, God doesn't have an inspired truth without having a purpose in it. And so when, when we'll read this moment in Romans chapter 15, if I could, uh, what it says again, it says, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. Now, you, you must go back a chapter if we're gonna understand chapter 15. In chapter 13, it was talking about being sensitive to authority and obeying those in authority, Romans 13. And in chapter 14, it was talking about people that were finding themselves arguing, those who were strong in the faith or appeared to be strong in the faith over things like food and things of worship, and things that, you know what, that were elementary, and yet one person was criticizing another in the church family, or one person was criticizing somebody if what they felt confident in God in, and another person didn't feel so confident. Today I find so many in the faith that are struggling with confidence in God, struggling with confidence in their walk with God, and, and uh, even in when we use the word coronavirus, I have people already that are close to me that are having people that have had contact with it. And, and you know, struggling with what, what does that mean? What, what does it mean? And is this a plague? Is this something that God has sent? Well, let me just tell you, the Bible says this very clearly, that every good gift comes from the Lord and there is no shadow of turning. This is not from God. God does not put plagues on this earth. God will allow plagues on this world, but he doesn't form, he doesn't create. He's not the author of anything dark. He is the God of light. But when you take light out of a room, darkness comes. If you allow God to be distant in your heart, there's going to be dark times that come. So turn to the light. Turn to the creator of the light. And in Romans 15, for all of us, now whether you're strong in God, I'm gonna ask you to be more sensitive than you've ever been in your walk. Be sensitive. There are gonna be people that will criticize you for the confidence that you have. Don't boast in your confidence. Don't boast in, in, your, in your, your posture of your faith. 
Rather, find yourself in a humble place and, and love them and, and give encouragement to them and be considerate and sensitive to them. And they may even lash out because of your confidence. That's what was going on in Romans 14. There was a lashing going on and in Romans 15 it was written so that we who are strong would be sensitive in these moments. There's been times in my walk that I've been criticized many times for being insensitive. If there's one area I want to be insensitive to, it's never the people. I want God's love to operate through my life. But I want to be insensitive to darkness and the, and the devil. I want to be straightforward with what truth says. And I, so I, I have some help here that could give you some directions. In fact, I, I, I've been asking our staff to concentrate um, right now on Psalms because our, our, you know, our, we find in the, the book of Psalms that there's so much praise and yet there's so much unsurety and insecurity that David goes through and he keeps pointing himself to God and then Proverbs where we find these, these principles to live on and, and, I, and I love the idea that God says we worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship in spirit because the presence of God wants to come in our life and then he gives us these principles to work by and so I hope I'm trying to help you with have fellowship with the spirit. The Bible says in, in the New Testament church was founded by the fear of the Lord and the fellowship of the spirit. I believe we need to have a true revere of God and who he is and and that there is a place that we can climb like Jacob's ladder. We can climb up and into his presence and we can go draw closer to God and we can do that during that praise set we just had. We can do that opening up the word. We can do that in our tears and, and, and and, and drawing and even casting our fears or whatever on God. And there's also those places where we get sure-footed and go, these are his promises. These are his promises. And I am a child of God, an heir to his plan. And if I am of the kingdom, and, and I love how the struggle was with Jesus' disciples, and I'm even thinking about his, his whole prayer. He says, Jesus, when you pray, things change. And, and there's something about your prayer, your prayer language. And Jesus was saying, it's because I'm of the kingdom. He was trying to share with his disciples. He goes, it, it's not that I'm, I'm of the kingdom. And he, God is trying to tell us the same thing. He taught us to pray. He goes, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And you know what is, is if we look to the world, we're going to get the elements of the world. But if we look to the kingdom of heaven, we're going to get the elements of the kingdom of heaven. So how do we deal with it? Number one, admittance. Admittance. How to deal with these unsure moments and times in our life and insecurities admit it don't try to deny it it is there it's here hiding the fear from you know hiding and the fear from God keeps your thoughts which means don't don't find yourself hiding admit it admit those feelings and thoughts there and surrender them to God Surrender them into his presence. Surrender them and what I mean by surrendering them is that that means when you give something away that doesn't mean you take it back And you'll know that if you haven't given it truly away, when those thoughts still are plaguing your thoughts. Now, I'm not saying that those thoughts, because I've had those thoughts where I give them away to God, and two or three hours later, they're right there back in my crazy closet. But I know I had two or three hours of relief 
And I think David had that. This is kind of the book of Psalms. There's moments, those places where, you know, one chapter, he had those like two or three hours of relief. And I love those places. That's what surrender is. You're giving it over to God. And God is like, that's my boy there. That's my son. And who I'm well pleased because he's a man after my heart. He's, he's saying he's surrendering his worldly scenario into my kingdom, in my arms. So find yourself admitting it. Then find someone who's full of hope and confidence in God. I shared this not too long ago. Find someone that is stronger in the Lord than you. You know, sign, get on, you know that might be somebody that you're on. Uh, I, I find and I'm getting more emails than I ever have. I've ever, I've, and I know what they are. And some of them is they're, they're not wanting to be a, a bothersome. You know, pastor, you're busy, whatever. But I'm, I, they're, they're looking for someone that can give them confidence and hope in this hour. And I'm thankful for that. Find someone that can, that's full of hope and confidence. And I'm realizing that faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the word of God. But see, when we use the word hearing, it's a little different than worldly hearing. And I was sharing this with some of the elders just a few moments ago. When God talks about hearing, he's talking about an action and an obedience. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the word of God, which means it's not just hearing it, I'm receiving it. I, you know, when, if I'm talking to my kids or my wife or they're talking to me, I want, I want to be heard. I, I'm not saying that you have to agree with me, but I want to be heard. And I, I think God wants to, at these places that, you know, can we hear what he's saying? Can we be sensitive and strong at the same time? Find someone that's full of this confidence. And then listen to the word of God. Thirdly, listen to the word of God and look for a promise, a direction, it, possibly even correction all right, that can still allow you to shoot, be sure-footed. In James 5, are, you, are any of you suffering hardship? And it, it's surely a, a moment in which we're living. You should pray. Are you happy? You should sing praise. Are you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal. And the Lord will make you well. And if you're committed to any sin, he'll, you will be forgiven. And now confess your sins, verse 16. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell. For three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. So I'm going to kind of recap a minute. We've talked about two history lessons. Thousands of years in, in the span of time. One, Cain and Abel, very beginning. Unsure times. Yet they had ancestors, only ancestors there were at that time were Adam and Eve, and, and they could turn to. Cain could have turned to dad. Wouldn't it have been a cool moment to turn to Adam, who, had, who was obviously familiar with mistakes, with unsure times. And he could have turned to dad and, and even mom at the time. 
but he chose not to. He chose to try to figure things out and even get angry at someone who seemed to have a confidence or even what we would say a favor or a place of hope in God. So if you're out there in the audience and, and, and you don't have this hope and that maybe you see others that do, don't get mad. Don't get angry. Don't get frustrated at this point. In fact, you know what I would even say, Lord, I would even go, what, what is that confidence that you have? Ask a question. Be inquisitive and say, where is your confidence coming from in the Lord? Be inquisitive about that. You know, because in fact, even it maybe, you know, I know we have the, the social distance thing, but you can get on the phone and pray together. Or you can, you know, and you can do the one thing that I don't like doing at all is you could even text each other. <laughs> you can try to figure out and navigate, you know, this, this uh, social distance we have. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord can do amazing things. What could have been so different in that Cain and Abel scenario? I love how Romans 15 was written because it should have been different. What if Cain and Abel would have been sensitive to that time instead of insensitive. I find that today we, we could be in this moment of, you know, of insensitive. Are we praying for those in the hospitals right now? I know that I've just done that with my neighbors. And I have two neighbors that are doctors. And, uh, you know, and I, and I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I share this, share this almost and confess this out of a weakness. I, I should have done this a long time ago. Started a, a, a text thing saying, hey, how can I pray for you guys? But goodness can come out of these bad moments. And, and so the Lord prompted me to, to start this, this text scenario. And I've already had one particular um, neighbor correspond and just say thank you for that, you know, and um, for our police officers, um, for, you know, for the um, other men and, and women that are on the, on the front lines. And there's already cases in, in, um, in Muskegon County and other um, counties in, in Michigan is known for being a state right now that is struggling with this. Churches, people, the church isn't a building, obviously. It's a people. And we need to stand strong in God and strong in his promises at this time and, and not begin to, you know, start pointing at each other like Romans did. And I, you know, I, I think about the Romans like more I've never thought of. You know, they were, they were the ones that uh, put Jesus on the cross. The Romans did. You know, I, I'm sure that they had felt a lot of weight that, that they were, you know, they, of the persecution that they had uh, you know, brought to the Savior of this world. And, and, you know, and possibly that's why they were struggling so much and possibly that's why there's so many chapters in the New Testament written to this church in Rome. You know, I, I, here's the thing I love about it is it doesn't matter what you're caught up in. If you're listening, God will help you through it. I have some passages that I want to give to you that will help you, give you hope Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is near the brokenhearted 
and saves the crushed in spirit. Psalms 30 verse 5, weeping may last through the night, but joy will come in the morning. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for them. Psalms 55, 22, give your burdens to the Lord. He'll take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. I'm going to conclude this uh, message today in a message that I actually, a verse I used um, this, this week. How do we know who God is in our life? How do we know that God's presence or that we can have eternity or that the kingdom of God can live on the inside of us? And it's really this, it's, it's like relational. God wants us to have a relationship with him. And in John 17, um, the passage talks about that we can know God the Father and his Son whom he sent. We can have a living, active relationship with God the Father and his Son, Jesus, whom he sent. Fellowship with the Lord. That God, Jesus had sent the Holy Spirit just to help you understand the Bible, to help you work through your fears and insecurities, that we could be in the midst of social distancing, that we could be strong in the Lord and stronger together than ever, that whatever's going on in the physical doesn't, you know what, um, doesn't, you know, shouldn't impair what God can do in the spiritual how could Paul, who was in prison, literally change the world through inspiration of God by writing the New Testament? And what maybe we all feel like in our own prison, but let's be inspired of God in our homes, to our marriages, to our kids, to our grandkids, to our neighbors. Let us be the greatest time that history ever, may, may this be the latter rain that Jesus has always talked about. May he pour out who he is in our lives and we, may we be an outpouring of who he is and may it come through Facebook. May it come through text messages. May it come through the love of God and the fellowship that we've had in the spirit. Would you please bow your heads, close your eyes. We're gonna pray. And if you're here in the audience and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now, pray this prayer with me. And if you already do, pray this surrender prayer with me again. And let's further our hearts. Let's keep our hearts turned toward him. Lord Jesus, we surrender our hearts. Repeat that with me. Lord Jesus, we surrender our hearts to you. We ask you that you forgive our sins. We pray that, Lord, uh, that our hearts in these unsure times would be filled with you, that we could fellowship with you, that our confidence would not be of this world, but our confidence would be the hope in God. We thank you for your love, 
We receive it. We thank you for your forgiveness. We receive it. And we thank you that today, that God, that your kingdom is come, your will is being done, and we sense the presence of who you are by the peace of God that fills our hearts in these times. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. You are listening to Life Change Church with Pastor Ron Rands. If this message encourages and inspires you, pass it on to someone else. You can find weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts under Life Change Church Muskegon. When you share it to your social media, be sure to tag us at Life Change Church. For prayer support and more resources, visit mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.